shooters, welcome to week two of Hoop Troop, where we discuss, evaluate, and review games that have happened in the past week. Look forward to good games that are coming up this week and talk about some unique things that have happened in the sport of basketball. Had a little bit of a snowstorm last week, uh, which actually postponed a few games to the end of this month but also made games a a night earlier to avoid the snow on Friday of last week. So I have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of great games to look forward to this week. And as I mentioned as well, some really cool, unique things, um, some things that we discuss uh, and have our opinion on in this episode as well. So if you're following us on social media, great. If not, our Twitter and Instagram handle is at ShootersTouchIA. And you can find us on the Facebook as well. Uh, just search Shooters Touch. We have some merch coming your way, some t-shirts, some sweatshirts, some swag coming. So feel free uh, to follow us. Like I said, be the first to hear about that and know about that. But as mentioned, I hope you enjoy week two of Hoop Troop. You can't guard me in the paint, I'm an artist. See, I hustle on the floor, call me Rick Ross. See the truth, get it jumping like a tip off. I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle. I'm a player, but my game be so official. Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Shooters Touch podcast, week two of the Hoop Troop. We're excited to keep bringing coverage throughout our great state. Had a little bit of a crazy week this week, uh, snowstorm um, of the century, somewhere to saying, moved in on uh, Friday. And so some schedules got adjusted, some games got bumped to Thursday, some to Saturday. So a little bit of a mess. Um, some got postponed, I know, until the end of the month. But uh, yeah, so pretty so pretty crazy with the weather. We'll get to all that. We'll talk about the games that we saw and the fun that we had. Uh, before we do that, I got to bring in, as always, my co-host, Adam. Adam, how are things going with you today? Great. Uh, all dug out from the snowstorm um my uh had a little help from the sun a little little help from the sun so it got done a little bit quicker but uh all good and ready to talk some hoops yeah i tell you what every year it uh it seems like the snow gets heavier and heavier or i'm getting older one of the two but uh it's uh it definitely definitely reminds us we're in iowa so we need that But all right, well, so we're we're one trooper down. Um, we'll get his segment cut in here, though. You guys will hear it. We gotta we gotta give love to the western side of the state. I hope uh, Tom's got his shout outs all set up too, because he's always got a good shout out. But we have the other three in the house with us. Um, Doug, Ryan, and Chris are ready to roll. Um, we had some big games, and you know we got to start with Doug again this week because he he was down covering the big Pella Pella Christian matchup. Um, I know that we had some other games this week that we'll get to, but uh, Doug, t- take us in with that one. What did uh, what'd you see? What'd you like down there in that matchup? Yeah, and that, that's always a fun game, um, Pella Pella Christian. And sometimes it, you know, those big games don't live up to the hype, um, but this one did. It was it was awesome environment, uh, packed gym. One side was full of Pella Christians kids or uh, parents. The other side was was Pella, so it was like every basket you heard a roar. And so it was really, really cool. Um, student sections were full. They were hyped. They were going back and forth. So just the environment alone was 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 pretty cool. So um, the game was 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 great too. Just a great high school game. After first quarter, it's fourteen to fourteen. Both teams going back and forth. Um, Pellet kind of pulled away a little bit halftime. They were up seven. Um, PC came back, made a run. It was a one point game in the third. Enter in the fourth quarter, um, and then Noah Allen, this kid. I like him. He's a little point guard, about five, eight, five, nine. 
Um, he had seven threes, ended with 28 points. And Parker Elder, he's about a 6'3 point guard, I guess, point off guard, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's actually going to Morningside. He had some huge buckets uh, down the stretch. So uh, Pella ended up winning by seven. Uh, what was it, 59, 52? Um, and what made it even better was they had great refs. And I, I kind of want to point them out. Luane Rogers, Chris Crawford, and Jason Alons. They called what needed to be called. And a lot of times in those games, you get a lot of ticky-tack, but they kind of let the big boys play. Um, Eric Moeller, the kid going to IUPUI, he had nine. Um, probably not a great game for him. I know he kind of wishes, I'm sure he had a, a few more opportunities. And Levi Skelhouse, a little point guard. And, and Larson, you know this. You, I, I know you've mentioned him in the past, but he had 14. He's a dynamic player, too, for, for Pella Christian. So um, one thing I do want to say, Pella was up five. They were up five or four with about four minutes and they kind of pulled it out. And I was talking to uh, coach Bohr on Saturday about the game. And we both agreed if this happens next year, you have a totally different ending with the shot clock. Because if a, if a good team is up five or six points in Iowa right now, they, you can't do anything about it. There's just nothing you can come out and trap. But if you have a team with good guards, they can just pass, pass, pass. And that's what Pella did ended up with a layup. And then PC had a foul, and they made some free throws at the end. But uh, the environment was great, and uh, it was a fun, fun high school basketball game. Saw some, saw some highlights of that one uh, on the news, and like you said, it looked like the 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 atmosphere was definitely definitely pretty hyped down there. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was uh, one of those high school games where you're like, okay, let's standing room only on both sides, and um it was just fun to watch and what, what makes it even better I don't I didn't really have any steak in the game so you can kind of just enjoy it eat your popcorn and and uh, sit with my son and my daughter so that, that kind of made it even better that's yeah and like you said and then if you have good officials too, those rivalry type games when everyone's on top of each other and it's going to get chippy at times as long as they handle it well it, it seems to definitely make it even that much more enjoyable and makes you like you said even more excited for for future matchups so that's good that's a big win uh down there for Pella uh, as they continue to move along um we'll then let's jump over to the east side of the state Ryan uh what was what was your big game of the week and uh what were some of the takeaways that you have I was at uh Lindmar High School for the game against Prairie and it was my first look uh at Cedar Rapids Prairie they're out to a really good start, uh, sitting at nine and one uh, after beating Linmar in a pretty tight game, 55 to 49. Uh, a couple things that stood out to me, I think I mentioned last episode, uh, Coach Doug Weigemeister is now on the bench with Coach Rickardson. Uh, ironically, they both went to the same high school, so they go way back, uh, but had the chance to sit real close to their bench. And boy, does Wags uh, have an influence on this team and their aggressiveness and how they defend. I was really impressed with their physicality. Um, on that end, and uh, they've got a big boy uh, that is going to Iowa State to play football, and Gabe Burkle, uh, that's a heck of a basketball player, has terrific feet, uh, great hands, uh, excellent post moves, and he's also a terrific passer. So they kind of play through him, play inside out, and uh, the rest of the group is very talented. There's a lot of balance to it. A lot of these kids are multi-sport kids. Uh, but Burkle had 18 that night and probably 10 to 12 rebounds. And then their point guard, Jake Walter, who's an upper Iowa university football commit, uh, chipped in with 16. He had the play of the game. I think uh, Prairie was up four 
and uh, Lindmar had possession of the ball. He jumped the passing lane, broke away for an easy layup, and uh, that was it. You know, it was six at that point, and they was, there was no looking back. But uh, one thing that stand, stood out to me, too, about this group and then reviewing and, and looking at their stats on varsity bound, they averaged 33 rebounds a game. Uh, Burkle's got a, a younger brother, Reed, that's a sophomore that's six five. Uh, they've got, like I said, just some terrific athletic uh, kids from the football team uh, that get it done, and they really do a good job beating people up on the glass. So uh, very impressed with him. I think them, I think the one thing that they're maybe missing is just teams that get to the well and have success have one or two guys that are just hoopers, right? Guys that just have a great feel for the game, guys that may be going to play at the next level. Um, I don't know if they have that element uh, on their roster, but uh, like I said, I love what they bring from a toughness standpoint and an athleticism standpoint. So they're doing a great job. It was a, it was a great high school game. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things there, Ryan. Um, number one Wags, and obviously we've talked about him, but uh, he coached my younger brother um, at Kirkwood and, you know, just hearing stories about him, his coaching style, how he connects with the players um, in my opinion, almost seems perfect for the high school game. Um, just having that voice. And obviously he knows his, knows, knows his basketball and stuff like that. So, so a great addition there, as you mentioned. And then you mentioned um, a couple of, you know, a couple of football players playing in, in the game. And in high school athletics, at least here in Iowa, you got to have, got to, got to have those guys that maybe just, as you mentioned, got to have the hoopers, but maybe just aren't the hoopers, but have the good feet, have the good hands and just are mentally tough and, you know, stronger than, then and I guess another player on another team um and so that's interesting to hear that you know they have those players and they are are having success with those players too yeah they, they're uh like like I said nine and one right now uh they've got a big game on Tuesday I'll actually be at that one I'll get my first look at Iowa City West and uh it'll be a, a great battle Iowa City West on a two-game losing skid uh lost to Hempstead the big kid Cameron Fens uh 6'11 kid getting some uh, Iowa interest from Fran McCaffrey uh, led Hempstead with 23 in the upset. I saw that game on huddle. I think he had about five vicious dunks in that game. And then West went on the road or no, they had a home game. I'm sorry. Played a, another home game, which is surprising to drop two home games, but they played Cedar Falls and Trey Campbell, the, the do everything uh, lead guard point guard that's going to UNI uh, dropped a 30 piece in that game and Cedar Falls won convincingly by double digits. So looking forward Man. to seeing if Iowa City West can rebound and have a good showing against Prairie on Tuesday. So both those games for West were at home this week? They were, yep. Wow. I To go back and try to find two home losses back-to-back -back for West, I mean. Yeah, but talk about oh. uh, one of the mysterious things about Iowa City West and their, their storied tradition. They are known for having one of the worst crowds. They don't have great attendance from the student body, although it looked better uh, on huddle. Uh, but you would think with all their success that uh, they'd have, uh, you know, bigger crowds, rowdier student section. Uh, the kids are trying to step up and do it. But uh, just one thing that's always kind of stood out was it's kind of a stale environment sometimes. So maybe that's part of the reason why these teams swept in and got a few this week. That could be. And now that you bring that up, too, I mean, you think about even the state tournament runs uh, on both sides, both the boys and the girls side. We've seen them down here at Wells Fargo a lot. And yeah, in comparison 
to most of the teams that they play, uh, their student section or just their fans just doesn't seem to be quite as big, even, you know, state tournament early week and even state championship, which is interesting. Very much so. I mean, there's a lot going on in Iowa City, obviously, with the, the university being there and um, the cultural uh, activities that are around there as well. I just, you know, there's probably too much competing for uh, people's entertainment time. I guess, but uh, I, I tell you what, there was sure a lot of a lot of fans when Glenn Worley went into the stands at the old Vets Auditorium after that state championship. <laughs> That's for I, sure. That that was the first one, right? Way yeah. back when. Yep, that one. Oh, that yeah. one was that one was fun. That one was special. But uh, yeah, that's interesting because they've won a lot of basketball games. Actually, a lot of everything. They they seem to just kind of win it, win at all levels in all sports. And so, um, which maybe is the other thing too. They're out winning winning soccer games and um, mm. winning volleyball games and winning everything else. But uh, <laughs> all right, Larson, what do you got for us? Uh, uh, down in Norwalk, taking in the taking in the Warriors this weekend or this week, they had some uh, some big games. What uh, what do you have featured for us? Man, I got to see some really good teams, but they had me working overtime. Uh, I, I I was uh, it was my 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 spots to do the radio this week, and uh, um, we had a quadruple overtime game with DCG on Tuesday. Doug, I'll go back to what Doug was saying. Uh, it does really change the end of games um, when you have that those guards and um, it, I think it yields towards those ties because uh, you know it's just strategically if you get the ball with about a minute to go you can take losing out of the equation by just holding and, and um, you know we just have a lot of really good ball handlers in our state and uh, so you saw that down the stretch but um, first time I got a chance to look at DCG and honestly. It was a really impressive win for them. Um, Norwalk, you know, beat Pella earlier in the year at home, and they're just a really scrappy, tough team. Uh, Coach Pella's doing a good job with them, and they're young. Uh, Reddick Bourne's a really good player, and they have a kid named Braden Carlson. So they they are really young good. Um, and so it, it's never an easy night. But uh, it, it's kind of funny because uh, we were talking after the game, um, and I told Coach Rank, and I was like, yeah, about – about halfway through the third quarter, I was looking at you and kind of giggling about how much you probably like to trade spots with me right about now, because uh, ECG, who's obviously was just coming off being ranked number one, and I think they ended up four for 29 from the three-point line that night, and so obviously they just really struggled shooting that night, which is not normally a problem for them, but you guys know how it is when you got the target on it. It's much different to be the hunted rather than, than the hunter. So they squeaked out of, out of that with a win. And, and sometimes that, you know, can really pay dividends. You know, I think we all know this, um, you know, whether it be down in Pella or at Cedar Rapids Xavier or when Tom's listening to this at Healing, that that's what great teams do because in the tournament, you're not going to probably play your best all six games. Um, you're going to have to win one, maybe even two of those games with, you know, your B game or even your C game. So you got to figure out how to win those nights. And DCG did do that. And, and they continue to impress me. Uh, Cole Glasgow, I, I think I told you guys this. He is probably one of the, my favorite kids to ever coach against. Uh, he's going to UMKC next year. And the thing I love most about him is he is just so even keeled. Like, he, he did not have his great, a, a great scoring game and he was not shooting it very well, but you'd never know it by the look on his face. And he just played hard all night. And, you know, like I said, things did not go right, 
but um, he continued just to grind away. And then, and then I think in the final, in the fourth overtime, he, he got a, he hit a three and then he got fouled and he was the one who kind of extended the lead. So kind of led him to victory. And I, I just, I really enjoy watching him play and, and have a, a lot of great things to say about him. Then on uh, Thursday, Indianola came to town and uh, boy, they stuck it to Norwalk. Uh, they were coming off an overtime loss and I don't think Indianola has really hit their stride um, yet. You know, new coach, um, Coach Watson moved on, and he's up at, at, at Northwest in Waukee. And so uh, Coach Evelyn, both guys who, who I've worked with, um, very different different tones. But Indianola came out and really set the tone on the defensive end. And um, I really was like, man, if they stick with this, it's going to be a really interesting second half. Just so we all know, in the Little Hawkeye Conference, all three of those big teams, Pella, Indianola, DCG, all have one loss. And I'm just telling you, perennially, the team that wins the Little Hawkeye, you know, the two that are in three are going to be state title contenders. And I will tell you, if Indianola plays the way they did on um, Thursday, they are going to be a really tough out. And, and I could see them making the state tournament um, and really surprising, you know, and, and I think it would depend on their draw. But, um, you know, they played Northwest tough early in a pride game, and they have a lot of talent down there. Um, they, they're all juniors. Drew, uh, Drew Kingery is probably their best player. He's a Division One prospect kid. Uh, and then they have a senior named Cooper Naylor, who uh, his dad's kind of coached a lot of different places. Dowling, Indianola, played down at Simpson. Uh, Will Naylor is his name. And uh, I just love Cooper's game. He, he probably had 10 assists the other night, was just running the show. And uh, he, he, he also can shoot, but uh, they, they have a lot of balance um, with about seven different guys that they bring in. They're, they're all three of those teams at the top of the Little Hawk Conference plus Bella Christian are whew, awfully good. The uh, old Norwalk Warriors ran into a little bit of the podcast bump going against uh, Rankin, Rankin and uh, Ebling. We've had them on the pod here recently, so it must have been uh, it must have been the bump from the shooter's touch that put them put them over the edge in both those matchups. Two good coaches, right? No, uh, it, uh, it, it they were uh, they were good 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 games. Obviously, Thursday got got away a little bit, but uh, like like I had told a couple other people, Thursday was way more about Indianola than it was about Norwalk. You know how you're going to have that from time to time. Indianola is just figuring out some things, and they're figuring out how good they can be. And uh, they were impressive to watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, things shake out. Because like you said, with the, it's always interesting when you have uh, different classes uh, in the same conference. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, you know, once you said, once you get into tournament play, then things change. But if you've been going against good competition, you're going to set yourself up uh, for an opportunity, to, you know, to make a, make a run and hopefully make it to Wells Fargo. And so definitely keep an eye uh, on all those teams that you mentioned here as we move forward. But uh, with that, let's, let's transition into, was there another team or somebody that jumped out or a team that jumped out this week to you guys that, uh, you want to keep an eye on here moving forward, um, whether it's again, whether it's um, moving forward this week or, you know, in the next month or even maybe possibly next year. Uh, we'll circle back around, Doug, to you. Uh, what's a team that uh, maybe everyone should keep an eye on? Yeah. And uh, I know I said three teams last week and you guys all gave me a hard time about <laughs> that. But I, those three teams I mentioned, uh, they're still uh, undefeated. So. Keep an eye on Monticello, 12-0, Harlan, 10-0. Uh, 
Fort Madison, 10 and 0. So Perfect. Uh, my team, I'm going to stick to one team. Um, I'm going to go with New London. Um, they're down southeast Iowa, kind of middle of nowhere. Uh, they're actually led by a couple juniors. Cade uh, Benjamin averages 17 points. He shoots 70% from the field, 70%. Um, and then they, uh, a, a guard they have is Blaze Porter. He's also a junior. Um, I think he averages 14, 15 a game. Um, he's got some D1 offers. He shoots 63% from the field. So I'm like, okay, these guys are getting some easy shots. Um, and Kate, I know in one game, I don't know who they played, but he had six or seven dunks. This kid's about six, three, kind of a high flyer rebounder. So that's my, that's my team to watch new London. Man, with the name, like blaze Porter, that, uh, no wonder why he's shooting 63%. I've heard he's pretty good. Yeah, he's legit. He's, he's not real tall, but he can, uh, he can get after it. Yeah, keep uh, keep an eye on them. Doug, uh, Doug's got this uh, keep an eye on train rolling. So jump on with him. That's for sure. Let's go. Uh, Ryan, who do you got uh, that uh, you saw or maybe jump out uh, team to keep an eye on? Well, one team you always have to be aware of in 1A uh, in Eastern Iowa is North Lynn, uh, led by coach Mike Hilmer, who uh, for many years was coaching with his dad, Bob Hilmer who I believe is the all-time wins leader in Iowa high school bas boys basketball uh, in the state. So um, no secret, they're, they're no stranger to success. Uh, they're playing a traditional up-tempo, fast-breaking style. As Coach Hilmer told me, uh, their goal is to have around 70 possessions a game. So they're pressing, looking to turn you over. They're trying to play up-tempo and score quickly. And then if that's not working, they'll throw a one-three-one trap at you and look to overwhelm people in the half court, uh, trapping all over. And at this level, with their athletes, they have four guys right now uh, that are averaging double figures, led by Coach Hilmer's son, Austin Hilmer, an upper Iowa commit as well for basketball that's averaging 23 points a game. He's just a terrific athlete, a lot like his brother Jake, in that he can. there's pretty much not anything that he can't do on the basketball floor. And then they've got a junior, Tate Hoggenberry, uh, that's chipping in with 16.4 points per game. So, um, you know, not only for the success, but for an exciting brand of ball to watch. If you're looking to, to see an up-tempo game and a style that's unique, it's uh, obviously getting results. Northland would be a good one to check out. Yeah, definitely. So I know that we were talking a little off air. A few of us had that on the list. And so definitely take a look. Um, keep an eye on North Lynn here as we continue to move through um, and might might very well make uh, make our game of the week at some point as well. Larson, uh, what do you got? All right. Um, my, my team to kind of keep an eye on or just a program This might I'm going a little different route than these guys. Just just a program that I think is just slowly and steadily um, just uh, developed into to one of the best in central Iowa is Winterset. Um, and they are led by an alum. And um, I, I, I just, Josh Henry is, is their coach. So um, he, he was a really good basketball player at Winterset, went to Iowa Central and then to, to Grandview and played, came back, took over their program. And, and I just, I have so much respect for him because if you could have seen, you know, and obviously we play winter set every year. So if you could have seen how he's turned that community into what I'd say a basketball community and you, you know how I, I think you were just talking about it. Um, 
uh, Ryan, in that just how you can just tell when kids look like hoopers. Winterset looks like a bunch of hoopers now. I got to see them play earlier this year. They didn't get off to probably their best start this season. They're sitting at seven and three right now. But I think a lot of that has to do with, I think almost all their guys were playing football because they were at the Dome for football this year, which is, which is wonderful too. They're led by three seniors who I knew grew up together. Um, Levi Gerwell's their leading scorer and he's their point guard. I think he's looking to play basketball, but he, he scores at about 16 points a game. Dawson Forgey was the point guard on their team that got third in the state a couple of years ago or a couple of years ago. And, um, and so he's been starting since he's a freshman he's going to Wayne state for football. And then Nathan Avery would be kind of their third in that class. Um, they have some other kids who just do some of the dirty work that do, do some really good things. Um, but Nathan Avery is actually a pitcher who I, I think is going to TCU for baseball. So um, they all kind of do their own sports, but they still play together. And that's going to kind of come up here a little bit later about how cool it is just to see these kids that just grew up together. They all play other sports as well. They also have a really good uh, junior in Braden Dinkla, who's a good scorer for them as well, and a really strong guard. They play really quick. They play kind of like a Syracuse 2-3 matchup zone. Um, they were supposed to play uh, Bondurant on Friday, which would have been a revenge for on one of their losses. They, they just beat Ballard on Tuesday. And then um, it's not going to be my game of the week, but I kind of want to just sneak it in, is uh, they play Van Meter on Tuesday. And Van Meter, we know, is undefeated in 2A. And so um, I'm really kind of got my eye on that matchup. Um, but not just for the season they're having and this really good group of seniors that has been young and, and been here for a four year, you know, progression of really turning the winter set program around, but just also as a credit to Josh Henry, who, like I said, if I were talking about somebody who could turn a program around, if I were like an AD, he'd be at the top. Yeah. Uh, we've been, uh, we've been paying attention a little bit of what they've been doing down there too. And what coach Henry has been doing. And uh, I, I definitely agree with you in the fact that it looks like uh, brighter days are to come. Um, they seem like they found their leader uh, and they will be fun to continue to watch. Doug, you have anything mm -hmm. to add on winter set? Yeah. I was just going to say, not only is Josh a good coach and he's turned that program around, he's a good dude. I mean, he's just a solid <laughs> salt of the earth, um just good to talk to um but uh, josh is uh, he's doing good things there and I'm, I'm just so happy for him too and he also uh married a girl from algona so he must have uh i knew that must have good taste too so maybe uh, I, I be i tried to recruit him up there if, if i'm not mistaken there. <laughs> yeah. might be a couple plugs for uh um uh, maybe a shoes touch guest there brian yeah we yeah. definitely have to get coach on that's for He'd sure be a good yeah, he's uh, on the short list, that's for sure. But uh, all right, guys. So this one, um, oh, one thing too that I I do want to mention. Um, I kind of my lead up uh, last week was going to be the undefeated Maroons taking on uh, Johnson Dragons on the girls' side, but uh, Old Valley went in and uh, in their matchup kind of ruined that, and then the snow kind of finished it off as that game got postponed until the end of the month. But uh, Valley uh, Valley girls got a big win in their rivalry matchup uh, against Dowling, um, and so that was that was I caught the end of that. And 
coach uh coach Sigris that we've had on the pod as well um you know maybe finally getting those girls back into stride a little bit uh maybe not living quite up to expectations until this point but I will say sticking with the the team to watch I mean that that Dowling Maroons team is is super young um have a really good freshman super well coached with Kristen Meyer um, and so I will uh, would would definitely throw a plug out to keep an eye on what they're able to do here uh, throughout the rest of the year, um, even though we will have to wait a little bit longer to see that matchup with the Dragons. But um, with that, let's uh, let's go into unique. So what did we see? I know we were texting a little bit uh, in our in our group chat uh, this week as far as some things that uh, maybe jumped out or some rules. Um, the diving on the ball got a lot of legs this week. Holy cats, we had people mentioning us on Twitter and getting that dug on, on DMs, I'm sure. And uh, the poll was definitely heavily one-sided that we put out, but uh, we, we want to have some fun. And uh, I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you while, while I probably would have said yes on the poll, I, I agreed with your argument, Doug, in that um, essentially there's a time and a place for everything. Um, and so that's, I know, I think was your underlying message with all of it. But uh, what do you got for us this week, Doug? Anything else? You're going to ruffle any feathers? You're going to leave that for Larson. I, I actually thought I was going to have to go into witness protection plan there. <laughs> people, people coming at me. I'm like, geez, I just gave an opinion. But uh, um, there is a time and place for diving on the floor. I get it. Um, but it's just those situations where kids are diving into the stands when the ball's rolling and there's, there's no possible uh, – chance that he's going to get the ball and everybody oh great hustle but anyway okay i'm, I'm done with that. I'm moving on I'm moving on um this this actually came up a couple times um this weekend that i saw one in a high school game and one in a college game where a team got up by two points so the home team's up two points the away team has the ball underneath their hoop with one second left in the game okay so the home team is up they're on defense and both times in, in the college game, they did exactly the same thing. Um, so the, the visiting team is down to under their own hoop, uh, one second left and both teams went man to man. And what happened, there was a simple slip screen, both times wide open bucket overtime. And I was like, okay, is that, I, I would just, we always went man. We always went zone anytime underneath. We always went zone. So I'm just kind of curious what, other coaches, is that kind of norm? Just go man to man or zone or kind of what you do in those situations? Um, because the game was over. They just had to force them to throw it over the top. So I'm kind of curious what you guys, how you guys kind of feel about that. How much time did you say was left? One second. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> they were playing. <laughs> I go zone. Go zone. Let them throw it over the top. Yeah. Why, why, why give up a slip? Uh, you know, a slip screen like that. It, it just. Did you I, say I they know. switched? Were they playing zone earlier in the game too? No, they're they're okay. just playing man to man. Yeah. You know, but and that's probably what they do all year long. And you just play man to man under those under the basket situations. But I don't know. It just both times they just the guy they didn't switch wow. or miscommunication and they were wide open easy bucket so um it just I, I just would go zone every time there but uh maybe that's why i don't coach high school basketball because i really don't know what I'm doing. 
I, I, I think most would agree. Ryan, are you on the same page with that? Would you have had Gonzo on? I am only only thought I had is if you have a real tall guy uh, to put him on the inbounder, just to make it real difficult. I know Coach Davis when I played at Iowa, you know, we always had a six ten, six eleven guy making it difficult to get a tip uh, there on the inbounds pass. Or conversely, if you don't have that big uh, aircraft carrier in there to stretch out, maybe just have that guy play off the ball and help out whoever gets free in that scenario. But uh, I got to agree with Doug. It pains me to say that, but I think coach Knight, who was a man to man guy himself, even said that two, three zone was the best defense to play against an under out of bounds play. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. And I mean, from both sides of it, I mean, offensively too, I think uh, you would prefer, I mean, most of those are, are, are screen the screener there. I mean, you have multiple action going on that is a lot easier to run against the man. So, you know, I always think whenever you try to reverse engineer, what would I want to see or what would I not want to see? And on the offensive side of things, I wouldn't want to see a zone packed in there that we have to throw up over the top. And so in that case, it tells me to run a zone. But uh, Ryan, what do you what do you got for us for unique this week? Um, is it uh, Coach Wag's ability to work the officials on the sidelines <laughs> or you got something else for us? <laughs> That was very impressive. He, he is one of the best, but uh, uh, mine is kind of a topic that comes up uh, every year and it's transfers or recruits. No the parochial schools always get accused of it. And over here on this side of the state, uh, oh my God, wouldn't you know it? Davenport Assumption has a kid playing his first game on Tuesday. I think they're playing Burlington. His name is Ivan Prug and he's a 6'9" stretch four from Croatia. So evidently assumption has some scholarships to offer. I never had those at Xavier. If I would have had scholarships to give, we might've even had, you know, a few more championships, but uh, what do you guys think about transfers in the middle of the season or better yet um, the myth that parochial schools are the only ones that recruit? Well, I had two things to talk about, but that was actually my choice. So I'm going to have to go to my number two. But interestingly enough, I don't think I think it's falling into everywhere now. So and, and the reason I was going to talk about it, and this is just the truth. You know, I credited Winterset and, and I enjoy watching these teams um, as a coach. I always like that because, you know, you'd see teams that maybe you'd see a group in middle school that just would grow up and then they'd get better and better and better. You know, they'd have a good group. Well, and Doug, you know this right now in the little Hawkeye, we have three, I would say teams kind of at the top and, and no disrespect to Pella Christian. I think they're very good too, but the three teams at top, they all have, well, I guess one's a junior, but they all have brand new. Ah, take that back. They're not all brand new, but they are all point guards who have only been there a year or two. And they're all their lead guards on their team. And um, so not only do I think it's interesting, like just the, the competitive advantage, but I also, what I was watching the other night, as just I've watched these teams play, like I told you, I was really happy to see Indianola kind of hit their stride, but man, it's changing the dynamics of high school sports or high school basketball for sure, which is so much about chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and at least to me, and it's always been about your buddies you grew up playing with. And now 
at least I'd say in central Iowa, there's just a lot of these teams coming together. You know, Doug, this is where I was going to get myself in trouble, but you can speak to this. I'm pretty sure Pella, three of their top seven are kids that have transferred in in the last year or two. Yeah, I, I think you need to be careful with the root word recruit, though. Oh, because... and that, that wasn't my implication, though. I was just saying these kids are coming there, you know what I mean, and for all these places. No, I, I, I hear you, but when you're saying, and I, I'm, I'm sure people look at Pella and go, wow, they're, they're recruiting all these kids, which last year they had Noah Allen come in and he's been phenomenal, but in each situation is different. We don't know the family situation, what went on, where he was at and why he, he came to Pella. And the same thing with, with um, the Kaichis kid who was here this year. He's a, he's a junior and you don't know it. And either none of the situations, you said three out of the top seven, none of the situations was the coach or the school actively going out and trying to find, Oh, we need a point guard. Let's who's around the area that is within, you know, 30 minutes. I can move (laughs) So I I mean, that, that's what I call recruiting. And I know that did not happen. Um, But when you have a program coach, when you have a program, when you have a program, like Pella or Norwalk or Xavier or whatever the, the programs are, DCG, kids want to play for those coaches and those pro winning programs. And you can't fault them for that. And if they can move in or transfer in, how do you, how do you say no to that? Well, and I, I want, yeah. Yeah. I want to correct, or I want to clear myself. I, I was not implying that like schools are, are recruiting that. I think kids like AAU friends. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I think that's the three little Hawkeye teams, I think all have to do with their buddies. They play AAU together and they said, Hey, let's get together and play high school together. I don't think it has anything to do with the, uh, the coaching or the schools. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you too. And then, and I don't know exactly what the, with, with COVID and how the rule change and the <laughs> online school and how all that stuff worked, um, you know, and how that impacts things. But I, I would hundred percent agree that I think club basketball is probably the biggest um, culprit in this. And the fact that these guys play together and they watch the NBA guys get together. Why can't we, right. we all get together? <laughs> You know, and so, it, it, and it's just, I mean, it's just the, the sport and the game that we live in now. I mean, we've seen it. So Johnson, obviously, Jay Jimphy, you know, she transferred over from Urbandale um, in the midst of, you know, committed to Iowa and transfers to, to obviously the powerhouse in, in 5A, you know, had a coaching change at her old school at Urbandale, you know, had COVID in there. And so what school, where are we going? Whose classes are we taking? You know, and even the Runyon kid, too, the over to Grimes, you know, from Johnston, you know, we kind of mentioned what the situation was with the Johnston team. And and I mean, who knows? Like, you know, Doug, you hit it on the head in that we don't know none of these kids the situation and what the deal is. Um, don't fault them at all, because like you said, you have these programs that, uh, you know, give them an opportunity to showcase their skills and, you know, better their lives and have the ability to play at the next level. But uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. It doesn't it doesn't feel as much like it did say, you know, 15, 20 years ago when it was like, Oh, Dowling's getting this kid and assumption got that kid and healing. I wish Tom was on, got that kid. And you know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it feels a little bit different now. It just, it feels more like freedom of movement now. Wait, 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 wait. Healing? Healing? Got that kid. 
What's that? You got to throw Xavier in there too. <laughs> has there has there ever been an investigation about that stuff? Like ever? I don't ever I, recall I like believe so. hear, hearing about any, and 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 not that there should be by any means, but you know, I I kind of go back to the the NCAA and stuff like that, those investigations, but. Yeah, has there ever been any type of investigation with anybody, a transfer or anything like that? Not that I can recall. I think it's on the superintendents just to verify that they gotcha. have home in the district. Gotcha. It's P.O. Box 37, right, Ryan? Is that what <laughs> right. it is? <laughs> right, Brian. <laughs> do what you got to do, right? Oh, that's great. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to see where it takes the 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 – whole game of high school basketball because it's obviously happening more and more and kids are like hey let's play together and i think high school is even changing like because all the kids on social media are friends with so many kids it's not like going to high school is the same as it was for us growing up either yeah it uh it's definitely changed a lot and uh i think it will continue continue to change and so that's uh that's a great topic uh to bring up ryan i appreciate that that's a good uh, a good one for us this week so larson going to plan b then real quick what was your unique thing or something that jumped out at you this week that you wanted to bring up well you know i th that that was such a good topic and so great job ryan i was on the same wave like then Again, not not so much even to be like a hater against it, but just like I just find it fascinating because um, where where we're going with it. Um, my my second thing though that as I watched this week, <laughs> it's a funny one. And so, um, Doug, how did you feel when you were refing when guys during starting lineups came and gave you the fist pound? Oh, that's a good one. I was good with it. I didn't I didn't ever think anything different about it. Dude, I was indifferent about it. I've just been noticing a lot of fist pounds lately and a lot of stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I, I, what's that? I've, I've been to a couple of Iowa State games this year and I've noticed that they, they do the, do, they do the ref, ref uh, fist bump. They also do, from what I've seen, the opposing head coach fist bump and at least one opposing assistant coach fist bump. And then they go around to fist bump the, uh, uh, some of the press row as well. And so they're making a whole lap here and I'm getting tired watching these guys. So it, <laughs> that's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah. And then Doug, were you a fist bumper with your crew before you guys went and sprinted out to your spots? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You had to fist bump yeah. all the players and fist bump each other and tell each other good luck. And, oh yeah, right. we, we did we did the, we were fist bump uh, friendly. Okay. I tell I, you what, I I might be for an advocate an advocate for fist bumping instead of having before the game as a you know a show of respect over the uh, the line. Uh, congratulations, shake your hands after you take a loss at the end of the game greeting line what do you guys just, feel about that i know that that just, was brought up the nba point the nba point yeah. after the game yep. yeah the, i think that'd be great <laughs> I, so, I, larson what's your take on it so let me so from a fist bump what what do you do 
and and Doug, I'd be interested to know uh, when one team does it and the other team doesn't. Are are you automatically fouling a kid out on the other team then, or what? <laughs> oh, for sure. You lose. If, if the kid doesn't fist bump you, you're like, oh, you're out for him. Yeah, like, this, this that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> but that's that's my whole point, Doug. Obviously, I know you well enough, and I know. But like, I think that's what's going through people's head. They're like, "Well, wait a sec. They introduced them first, and they all fist bump. So now we got to go fist bump because we don't want. But then the ball's tipped, and two minutes in, that you don't get a call, and you're like, "What? What? We should fist bump." Then. The Should fist bump out the door because you didn't get the first call, which myself included. Don't get me wrong; I I would be the first in line there. But I just think it's 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 funny that some of the um, the things you try and do to get a get a one up, and and I think there's some psychology that goes into it that uh, people with the referees don't want to don't want to be shorted anything in this world right, that we're living in right or be seen like i think a lot of things are is for perception maybe that's that's what i'm trying to say then you get the second team that has to go out there that's never done it and they're like high-fiving and the refs bumping and then they just get all maybe awkward <laughs> go and, and fist bump till <laughs> into the game or or the or the second team comes out and starts giving hugs out instead to try to get a call. Or what? Well, that's what Doug and I used to do when we uh, when he ref my games. We just hug it out. That's right. What whatever whatever it takes, uh, whatever it takes to get a call. Because uh, the way that things sounds, the way some of these games have been going, uh, could be the difference in it. So you got. Uh, Got to do what you can uh, to be able to get that call. But uh, all right, guys. So getting to that point now where we're looking looking forward. We're done looking back. We're looking forward. Um, what are you guys most excited for this week? What's a game that you have highlighted or circled on your calendar um, that you're looking forward to the most? Doug, we'll start down with you this time as well. Sure. I got a couple 1A games, and I, I hope I don't steal your thunder, Larson, because you, you brought up uh, one of these teams last week. Um, but my first game is Linville Sully, right up the road from us here. They're nine and four, but they actually got two of their best players were suspended for the whole uh, whole first semester, actually. So they they have both of those players back. Good little small school, coached by Nick's Hawthorne, um, and they play Montezuma. And Montezuma is a defending 1A state champ. Still pretty good team. Um, Trey Shearer led their team last year. He's going. He's at Truman State now, but his little brother, he's a heck of a little player. Um, and Eddie Burgess, I believe is his name, right. he's their quarterback, um, good basketball player. They, they got a nice little team. They're 9-3. So that, that game's on uh, on Friday. That's the South Iowa Cedar Conference. Um, and my second game is Mount Air, who's 10-1. and one. Um, They play Martinsdale St. Mary's. That's your team, Larson, um, right, right. in, in uh, Pride of Iowa. So that that's on Friday. Uh and the thing is interesting about that conference is they only play each other once. So mm -hmm. this will be their only time they play. Uh, I know a lot of other conferences play each other twice, but so Mount Air, Martinsville, St. Mary's, I'm guessing that'll probably decide the, uh, the conference title there. So that's my two games. Huge rivalry to those two teams. That'll be good. Those ones. Uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see what your take is and how things shake out down uh, that part of the state. All right, Ryan, what, uh, what do you have circled this week? Well, Tuesday, as I mentioned, I'll, I'll get a, a first look at Iowa City West and uh, all those former Hawkeyes kids that 
dot the roster. So I'm looking forward to seeing them play Prairie. Uh, but uh, a game in the smaller classes that uh, I think is going to be a pretty big one and a good one uh, will be Brand Coach Brandon Club's uh, Clear Creek Amana team that's sitting at nine and one uh, versus a Williamsburg squad that I was able to see their game against Mid Prairie this last week. Mid Prairie's got a heck of a team we haven't really talked about. I want to get to them at some point, uh, you know, during our show here this year. Uh, but Mid Prairie uh, got Williamsburg at home, uh, running their Diamond Press and their. They're Mid Prairie's led by an outstanding player in Carter Harmson. It's averaging over 20. Uh, so not a bad loss, but uh, that CCA Williamsburg game um, in the Walmart conference uh, should be a, a big one uh, later on this week. Yeah, those, that will be a big, a big game. So we'll be anxious to see how that, uh, how that all shakes out. Um, Larson, what do you have uh, circled, circled on your, on your list? Yeah, so I kind of told you, I said, uh, you know, Tuesday, I think it's a great one. Uh, winter set, Van Meter gets to, to once again play up a class and, and play uh, winter set. So that'll be a good one. But then I would mark it as the game of the year so far um, in, in boys high school basketball is on Friday when Ames will travel to Northwest. And um, you will get your money's worth if you decide to make the trip to Northwest. Uh, first of all, it is an amazing new facility, and um, it is honestly some of the best players you're going to find uh, in our country, to be honest with you. Um, a senior, Tamian Lipsy, who is going to Iowa State and, you know, played on the U.S. national team, I think 18 and under um, this past, that was this past summer, I believe, um, and leading Ames right now, obviously, you, we know all the success that, uh, you know, Coach Downs has had in that program and, and all the great work he's done. Northwest is in their first year, obviously. Some of these players played on the Waukee State Championship team. None of them any bigger than Price Sanford, who uh, I think I, I don't know. If I didn't tell you guys I've been talking about, I just really felt like he was going to flourish with uh, the, his new coach, uh, Brett Watson, who came from Ola, and, and I had the fortune of, uh, coaching with for a couple of years, but also coaching against when he was at ADM and then coaching against most recently when he was at Indianola. He is uh, one of the best offensive minds uh, in, in the state. And um, he has just been putting him in, in unbelievable situations. And then you got a skill or a talent like Price Sanford, and he's putting up huge numbers uh, every night. So that one, I mean, these two guys, like – Price is being recruited by big time power five conference or, um, you know, conference schools. And obviously Tamian could have went just about anywhere. He just chose early on to go to Iowa state and obviously had the ACL injury, but um, that is going to be a, a big time mid season game and could be a preview of the state championship game. I mean, obviously there's some other teams that could have something to say about it, but right now I would say they are the two best teams uh, uh, going at it. Sanford had what forty two the other night. He had forty two. Yeah, just and, and and I think that that what's impressive though it's an efficient forty two, right? Like he's I think I, I I don't have his stats in front of me, but I think he's shooting over fifty percent, and you know what I mean. He's 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 doing that efficiently. Right. Yeah, he's it's not volume. He's not just shooting for numbers. It's uh you know letting the game come to him and uh, mm -hmm. being able to score at a high clip. Uh, who, who do you, who would you compare Lipsy to, um, 
in past Ooh. for those that have not maybe had an opportunity to see him. Um, what do you got? Is Could he... be interesting to see how he plays with Tyrese Hunter because I think they're really similar, you know, strong and athletic, um, but but more more strong and physical. You know what I mean? Really heady game. Um, isn't like that premier score, but he's going to run the whole show. He'll get to the hoop. He can finish. Um, he, he, he controls the game with his physicality and his strength and, and, and all of that. Not necessarily with, with quickness and shooting, you know, obviously he's a good shooter, but, um, Cal, that, that's a good question. I, I would tell you, obviously I haven't seen him play at the college level, but it seems like, um, Hunter and him are kind of a good comparison though. I'm trying to think of another Iowa player because he's, he's got, not one of the other good point guards we've had. He's got a lot of – I see a lot of Mike Henderson um, in him yeah. and the fact that he's so strong and smooth kind of with the ball. Um, I think he's maybe offensively further ahead of where Mike was at, but, um, yeah, there's uh, a little bit of that. Who was the kid from you and I, uh, number 11, uh, the good point guard when they, they were Washburn. really good? Washburn. No, uh, the other one, Cujo, uh, I don't like know. Cujo, Ahalegba. Yeah. Kind of like that, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think can see that. Like that. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting, like you said, with the two two top tier talents like that going at each other. Um, you know, both well coached teams too. That uh, that'll definitely be one to to keep an eye on. Was that it? Is that all that you had for us, Larson? I mean, we've gone a whole episode. You haven't mentioned uh, Grandview. Are, are is everything okay up that way? <laughs> I think East this week too. There, I'm telling you, we'll we'll be talking about them all year. <laughs> okay, I just, wanted, I just wanted to make sure nothing happened this week that I missed. Oh, I just, still, they're still, just rolling along. Just rolling along. They're just waiting, yep. checking the calendar, seeing Business if it's March yet. Yep, is it March <laughs> yet? I got us up there. So, um, Adam, you have one circled this week that uh, you're kind of anxious to take in. Yeah, you know, I got a couple here. Uh, we've talked about um, Appleton Parkersburg a couple times, but they play um, a Denver team who. Has three losses um, on the books this year already, but is a uh, is a good team. Um, was highly ranked to start off the year. So um, out there in the NICL, um, another one, my hometown of Ackley. Um, if you guys are ready for this one, we have Ackley, Geneva, Wellsburg, Steamboat Rock against a Beeman, Conrad, Lisbon, Union, Witten team that is coached by an Ackley alum. So another big game in the NICL. Uh, small town Iowa game, obviously. There's uh, 10 letters in two schools with about 14 or 15 towns in there as well. So um, another big one up in Northeast Iowa. They're definitely just going to put home versus visitor on the scoreboard of that one. <laughs> no room for those schools. <laughs> You're not writing, not writing those ones out, that's for sure. So, um, well, good. Couple, couple up that way. Uh, and as we mentioned at the in the beginning, we'll get Tom uh, his input and what he's looking forward to this week. Um, but it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, things just continue to get more and more exciting as we move closer to March. Uh, we'll continue to stay on the ball. If you have some ideas or some teams that maybe you're just itching for us to mention, shoot us shoot us a message or a DM uh, to any of us or to the Shooters Touch page. We'll uh, we'll certainly do our best to take a look at it as we continue to try to grow the game of basketball here in the state of Iowa, one story at a time. Um, and as always, shoot us, shoot. Mm-hmm.